0: Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all of the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we have our usual crew with us today. We've got Adam. And we've got Rhiannon.
1: Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace. And my handle is at Shot of Patrone For no real reason.
0: I am Caleb A. Borchers. Uh, that's where I'm on Twitter, at Caleb A. Borchers. And that in real life too. And Borchers is spelled B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S uh, if you're looking for that. So we are back to the normal crew and uh, guess I'll say at the top of the show, we had a ton of people listen last week. Uh, lots of Infinity War hype. People checking out the back episodes as well, I think. And so all sorts of records going all the way around. So thank you for listening, guys. We really appreciate that and uh, it's really exciting. So It is good to see that uh, there is such rude health in the world of Marvel film stuff, uh, as is obvious from the box office. So uh, last week, the Avengers Infinity War jumped off to the largest uh, opening weekend of all time, um, just running right at about a quarter of a billion dollars worldwide. This was um, uh, actually... Just domestically, that is. Uh, worldwide, the number was like $600 million. They're basically doing $100 million a day uh, on the global box office. It's now burned past a $1 billion, the fastest ever. Had another big weekend this weekend, and China has not even come in yet. So at this rate, it looks like that'll be another $200 million, uh just popping right into the bank account, plus Russia. Uh, I believe is coming still. Um, so, yes. People have spent lots of money to see this movie. Uh, I don't think we've got a lot to talk about with that, but uh, let me ask this. Have you guys seen it more than once or just the first viewing? What, what, are, you, what are you at, Adam?
2: I am at th- three. We'll say three.
1: Did you like sneak into a fourth showing or something?
2: Sure, you can say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so, uh... how could it be an uncertain number? Oh, yeah
0: we mentioned on, well, we probably shouldn't have, but I think we might have mentioned last week that Adam's Adam's viewings and the box office numbers are not necessarily completely uh, related, oh. so.
1: <gasps> Adam.
0: I know.
2: I mean, three. That's that's more than enough. I, I might go one more time. There, I wanted that Easter egg I brought up or not Easter egg, but the post credits thing. I still need to see that, so I might go one more time just to see the very last line of the movie
0: yeah it seems like that's a lot of time and effort and money to uh to just get the last line of the movie you know so your your question is if uh if if fury says clint is that right
2: yeah 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 so that's that's what i thought i heard i didn't even pick it up the first two times and then the third time I'm like Maybe I should finally pay attention to this post credit scene And then so they talk about the heat signatures in Wakanda being ten times greater than those In the incident And then some, I think they exit the vehicle Spoiler alert by the way um, They exit the vehicle And Fury says something like Tell Clint to meet us at And then Hill starts disappearing Right at that second so I, I want to play – I don't want to I, – if I was a Batman, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Tell Clint to meet us at – but I don't know why I didn't hear that the first two times. And I haven't found anything online about it. That's why I'm so – so Hawkeye technically was in the movie a little bit, maybe.
1: No, that does not count as being <laughs> in the movie. I mean, they referenced him in the beginning True. of the movie. yes. So, Good like, point. if that counts as being in the movie, he's in the movie, but –
2: a pseudo-cameo. What's the step below a cameo? A mention. There you go. Two mentions.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I've i been... People, uh, I don't know, every once in a while on Twitter, someone would talk about Hawkeye or Ant-Man, and I'd be like, you're not seeing in the promotional stuff because he's not in the movie. And people would be like, no, that's not right. And it's like, to me, this was the most obvious thing in the world. The reason that those guys are not on the poster is because they're not in the movie. And sure enough, they weren't.
2: (laughs) It seems like we did get those set photos of Renner relatively early, though, wasn't it? I figured, or maybe that was about Avengers 4 time, but it just seems like those set photos of him have been out forever.
0: They may have, I mean, they may be filmed something for Infinity War. To just, like, tease him or show him do it in a scene or two, and then decided to just leave it all in the fourth film. How they've moved stuff back and forth, I mean, the same as with Captain Marvel. We heard about four times, yeah, she's in this, no, she's not, yes, she is, no, she's not. So I'm sure they were debating whether or not to do a single scene where she showed up or something, and they decided not to, you know. Rhiannon, have you seen it more than once?
1: No. I've almost seen it a few more times, but I have only seen it once. I'm actually currently on the website seeing like when I could maybe get back to see it again, but it's been a busy two weeks.
2: I mean, it is. It's probably the MCU movie that you should watch more than once. Like another thing I picked up... I might be going off too much. We're just talking about Infinity War right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I fine. Know, we got new.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about it now, no. we'll talk about it later. Okay. It'll be the, fine. The...
2: <laughs> the one thing I noticed, I mean, when they go to see the Stonekeeper, how Thanos protects Gamora once he senses the Stonekeeper, he like puts the gauntlet over her to protect her. Oh. I just thought that was, I mean, it really goes to his character. Like he was protecting her from Stonekeeper, so stuff like that you gotta pay attention to. You can't catch that in one, one showing.
0: I would like to again. I um, I was out of town all week, so uh, it was very difficult for me to obviously get it in. But maybe, maybe this week we'll do it.
2: Yeah, I wasn't trying to show shame you two by any means. No, it's just <laughs> no, no. <you're... laughs> Pointing out the little deets.
0: Oh, that'd be like a very nerdy way to try to to shame (laughs) us like all right yeah um so uh there's not i don't have a ton of news this week Uh, apparently the russos they've been talking to lots of people about lots of things but the one that got a lot of attention this week was that they considered using the uh tv characters they sat down with marcus and mcfeely and talked about that Uh, obviously we know that they did not end up in infinity war I think two weeks ago, Rhiannon mentioned that we had kind of heard a rumor that maybe Daredevil might make it, and in the end, he did not. Uh, I guess my question for you is, now that you've seen it, are you glad that they left the TV characters out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason that they needed to add that complication. And one of my first reactions coming out of the movie was, oh, I am going to hate the fact that the TV shows aren't going to reference this at all. Um, because I seriously doubt that, you know, the world has been through the snap, uh, when we see Luke Cage this summer. Um, but no, I don't, I mean, I I think I'm fine with them not being in it. I was prepared for them to not be in it.
2: Yeah that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, we virtually we know that the defender shows or the Netflix shows takes place sometime after the incident. So we really have 6 years of timeline stuff they can cram in. So that's 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 what I was thinking too. I'm like, so how on earth are they going to reference this in the Netflix shows? But they probably don't ever have to because we don't know how long those events take place. Do we?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, there, there's a rough reference to seasons, and I think you could, like, line up, you know, like the, the hot of the summer of uh, Daredevil Season 2, and then that interacts with Luke Cage Season 1 because Turk goes back and forth. So I think you could do a rough timeline, but I don't think it's Phil's six years, so.
2: Are you guys reading the comics, by the way, since you brought up Turk? You know Turk Barrett has an Infinity Stone in the comics? What? No. Yes. <laughs> I read that yesterday. I couldn't believe it.
1: Now that's one crossover that I think it could have taken. I mean, that you know more than seeing like Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage pop up, seeing Turk Barrett pop up in Infinity War, I would have lost my mind.
0: Yeah. I would like to see him in the collectors room, you know, just like one of those collector <laughs> pods and it's just Turk Barrett, you know, like Chilling yeah. Out. yeah, I'm waiting for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, I guess we'll get to this in our S.H.I.E.L.D. review, but um, S.H.I.E.L.D. is... Tr- yes, I have. Okay, so that's my thing. Okay, spoiler alerts for S.H.I.E.L.D. if you're using timestamps and stuff. S.H.I.E.L.D. is clearly referencing Thanos, right? And last week... We got the sense that the Wakanda invasion was happening or close to happening because uh, there was the there was a mention of it. Right. There was um, uh, the Candyman talked about what's going on in New York. So, I mean, we're about at the time where some agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should disappear. Right. You know, like if half of the there's no way that like statistic i guess there is a way but you know it doesn't seem likely that not one of our shield agents would get clicked off of existence and so if they go through the whole season of that show and nobody disappears the um the snap is not affecting shield as it should i would think
2: okay so we have three shield episodes right left right
0: uh may just two 21 and 22
1: Here's okay, I mean, and this is getting onto Infinity Ward like Deep Talk, but so the thing is the Snap because they are filming another Spider Man movie, we know that in some way the Snap is undone. And it involves Captain Marvel and all that, and I mean for most likely it involves some sort of time travel for it to be undone, maybe. So, what I'm telling myself to get through the... the Yeah, and I started telling myself this is immediately after the movie ended because, you know, this is like the one thing I think about is how they're going to connect it all. But I'm just telling myself that they're going to fix it through some sort of time travel that makes everybody on Earth feel as though the snap never happened. They never know that half the people died... And then got restored. And we go on living normal lives.
0: The other thought I had was that uh, it's how they'll defeat Gravitron. You know, like, we'll just get two episodes of them totally failing. And then all of a sudden he'll just (laughs) disappear because Thanos blinked him out of existence. Uh, Let's see, other news stuff. Uh, This is, I don't know, I guess this is the only other one I'm going to bother with with news. Then we can talk about trailers. Um... Ryan Reynolds was uh, interviewed about the possibility of Deadpool and an R-rated Deadpool at Disney. And he said, surprise, the same thing that everyone has said, which is, we don't know yet. We're still working through everything, but we've been told there's no reason to think this can't happen. So, awesome. Awesome. You know, like, that seemed very, uh, again, this is the story I think that's not a story. but. It was kind of interesting. I
1: was about to say, this is just when we plug your MCU conversation, or Marvel conversations that need to die. Yes,
0: that's right. Definitely go over to our YouTube channel, MCU conversations need to die. We also dropped a new video this week, which was top 10 plot twists of the MCU. You should check that one out. Um, But yeah, definitely. The one thing I thought that was really goofy um. Oh, what was... Uh, let me see if I can find it, so... Oh, yeah, Simon Kinberg. Talk about making crap up. Simon Kinberg said, we haven't had any discussions yet about what the Disney acquisition of Fox would look like for Marvel because I think legally they're not allowed to talk about it until it's done. And I'm like, legally, who is it? Like, there, like he gave me the impression that Fox executives are legally not allowed to talk. Is the FBI, like, bugging your boardroom, you know? Like, how are you legally not allowed to talk about your... I don't know. Maybe they're talking about Disney's not allowed to make contact with Fox. But I don't think that's...
2: because yeah feige said something like that so the uh, mondo magazine like birth movies death had that that special magazine and feige said something similar about how the deal's not complete so they can't talk about the characters but what's stopping them from like writing fan fiction with the characters you know i mean how how can one stop another from thinking of stuff to do with characters i guess
0: well, and I guess okay, so if if Disney technically can't call Fox, um, Disney did say very explicitly in a investors call that we'll keep the Deadpool movies and we'll keep it our rating. So you know, like, that's still like a wink you know, like it's almost like um when teams get in trouble in in sports where they're like, well, we would love to trade for so-and-so if he was available. And they gave with the tampering charge. Because it's like, well, you might as well just have called them if you're going to say that in the media. So if, if you want tons of news, I mean, there are lots of mini bites where somebody on a red carpet somewhere said half a sentence about their character in Infinity War. Um, uh, there's all kinds of little stuff like that. But where I don't think we're going to bother with that uh, because we do want to talk about... Uh, trailer. So let's start with, I had forgotten about this. Cloak and Dagger dropped a trailer on Monday, which seemed to be interesting timing, given that the entire world was talking about Infinity War. Seems like it might have been a clouded landscape. Uh, did you guys see it? What did you think about it?
2: I know. I know I watched it, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, I, know I, I remember watching it, but I don't remember it. Does that make sense? I think we saw a lot more dagger effects, if I recall right.
0: Yeah, I mean, they kind of showed that... I don't know, in the comics, I just always assumed that they were... doesn't make any sense, but they're not, like, really corporeal, you know? Like, that her daggers were more light than they were daggers. Whereas this is, like, her holding, like what well, looks like ch- chunks of diamond and like scratching stuff you know like it's more like a glowing physical thing than it is a like light getting hurled if that makes any sense so yeah we saw we saw some of that there was a lot more about the divine pairing and this idea that like New Orleans it was like some kind of interesting like weird voodoo spirituality thing like New Orleans has crises every, so once, every once in a while and the, always a divine pairing is brought out to save them from the crisis and a new one is coming uh, but one of the members of the, of the divine pairing always dies and so that's kind of where they're going with it uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting thought
2: yeah we always talk about the need for deaths for stakes and lo and behold we're finally getting deaths on Cloak and Dagger how about the uh, they took a page out of the uh, Scott Buck remix book? A little modern House of the Rising Sun remix action.
0: They did. This is such a it. Everybody's doing this though. You know, like uh, was it um, somebody used the like a dark version? I want to say was Transformers used like the Eurythmics or something like that. And it's not exactly a remix, but then you had like um, the Johnny Cash, uh, Hurt, and Logan, you know, like dark, depressing versions of 80s pop songs are the way to cut trailers nowadays, I guess. House of Rising Sun's older than, than, than the 80s, but. Um, I also. The thing that was making me excited about it was it was. Uh, there was a lot of action. Like, Cloak and Dagger were actually fighting people and. There was the idea that there was a villain and there was a conflict. As much as I enjoyed Runaways, it did feel like we only had, like, three episodes that actually had any action in it. The rest of it was them, like, sitting around in a living room or a coffee shop talking about stuff. And so, I guess after Runaways, I was excited to see them running and punching and using their powers and, like, doing superhero stuff instead of just, like... Because that was my biggest worry is this was going to be a teen melodrama romance that was going to be all, you know, longing and I love you's and all that kind of junk instead of some actual, like, uh, you know, action. So
2: how so it's a 10 episode season. They're half hour episodes, right? Or is that supposed to be new warriors and these are hour
0: long? My understanding is these are half hours.
1: That's really short. But we've discussed that before.
0: We, we've also discussed how we're impossible to please. You do 13, yeah. 13 one hour episodes with Netflix. And we're like, oh, it's so long. And then you you get this and it's uh, 10 half hours or whatever. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's like five episodes of a Netflix show then.
2: Plus they're doing like they're doing it like I think they're doing a two hour premiere, aren't they?
0: Oh, are they? I didn't see that part. I
2: think, yeah, I think it's a two-hour premiere, or it's at least, yeah, I have to fact-check myself real quick, but I'm fairly confident it's a two-hour premiere.
0: I feel like we must have something wrong then. They're not going to blow 40% of their show on the first night, right?
1: No, no, they're not. I'm sorry. I'm buying. I'm buying Infinity War tickets. You guys keep talking, cloak. <laughs>
0: You're fine. We're go- we're all googling cloak and dagger yeah, now. Yeah, I'm trying to.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm...
2: Oh it's, yeah, it's a two-hour premiere, Thursday, June seventh at eight p.m. Eastern. Two-hour premiere. That's what made me question why if there were half-hour episodes because that's damn near half a season in one night.
0: Yeah, you would think so. Maybe they're hour-long. Maybe we got that wrong somewhere along the way. Maybe that's one of the things they changed in the 12 months of production that they <laughs> went through. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, what's really interesting to me is Wikipedia, which obviously is not the world's best source of information, but Wikipedia only has uh, it has listed two episodes with an airing date of June 7th. Uh, it has the titles for four episodes. But um, let's see here. Cloak and Dagger ABC Press. Maybe this will give us more information. Uh, oh, those are just the screeners. This is not helpful. I don't know if any of this is actually going to make it to the podcast, but nonetheless, we will see how long it is. Um, we had, we'd heard 10, uh, half hours to start with, but I think I'm seeing things here that suggest that maybe we'll have, uh, maybe it'll be an hour long show, which I think would make a lot more sense. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, uh, we got a poster and a trailer. The posters got a first, uh, view of Michelle Pfeiffer who looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh so, yay. <laughs> um and then we got the trailer. Uh, it's kind of the full trailer that gives you a little bit more story and all that kind of stuff. Adam, what did you uh what'd you like about this trailer?
2: Uh I love ghosts visual effects. It's just completely unique. It's not like a uh, vision phasing through Scarlet Witch's Wall and uh, Civil War, it's something else. I don't know, it's just kind of weird um, and unique. So I, I like that a lot. I like the Goliath reference. So it turns out Goliath was a uh, a project they work on, and he wasn't such a... Only 21 feet, that doesn't seem like that's uh, too big, but... Yeah, that's that's those are my takeaways. Nothing, nothing really stood out. There was a quick shot that it looked like was an older Ant-Man and Wasp uniform. Um, so I'd guess a flashback of sort to Hank and uh, Janet. But yeah.
0: So I thought it was interesting. um, Luis is talking about, um. That ghost, tell me if I got this right. It seems like ghost technology is maybe based on quantum realm stuff that Michael Douglas has developed since the last movie. Is that kind of how you understood that? Yeah,
2: that that's how I was understanding it. So I'm not sure if it was since the last movie. That's I understood it was like Pim tech somehow. But.
0: So I'm guess I'm wondering. Do you think that we're going to get Pfeiffer early or late? Like, is it possible that the first scene will be Pym bringing his wife back out of the quantum realm? Or are they going to kind of build up to her slowly?
2: See, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure how it, it's all tying in. There's a lot of stuff. We have Ghost, and then we have Walton Goggins' character, however he works in. And then we have the suitcase building thing, whatever that is. Um, so I guess I'm not sure what the the main part of it is. Then there's like the Logan-esque mutant hunter henchmen type people that are always in car chases. Um, so I guess I, I have no idea. I think we've gotten like three frames of quantum realm type stuff, and that's about it. So I guess I have no idea. I would think that's the main plot line, but I'm not sure how they factor everything else in i guess i have no theories at least
1: i enjoyed it um i don't think it's going to make a billion dollars um i think it'll be fun but i didn't have any like huge like thoughts i mean we barely even saw walt Walt walton goggins um in this so i can't wait to see more of what his character um yeah yeah. not not major thoughts
2: i mean the quantum realm stuff has to have big effect on the rest of the mcu doesn't it like i think this might cross over more than we think because there hasn't then been rumors that's kind of where carol danvers has been kept or at least she's using the quantum bands or something in her movie there's been reports some reportedly articles out there
0: so yeah i think there's there's definitely some some thought that there'll be a connection there also i was inter- i was um i saw like this interview with the infinity warcast where they're asking them like trivia questions about the mcu to see like how much they knew and when they said what is the quantum realm nobody knew except benedict cumberbatch And then he knew very explicitly what it was, because apparently they had talked to him quite a bit about it when he was making Doctor Strange. And so that's another really interesting kind of connection point, you know, that, like, apparently the Doctor Strange people had the Quantum Realm in their back burner as well. Um, I was really enjoying, I feel like Ant-Man and the Wasp has a chance to have um, fight choreography that's just unlike anything else. Like, I constantly, I'm constantly surprised at how I'm not getting bored. It's like, oh, you get small and you get big. But, like, there's so many opportunities where, like, shrinking down, like, when she jumps into the car, like, it's a small thing. But flying into the car small, going big, punching some guys, going small, you know, like, there's, there's so many ways that action can happen. And then when you see ghosts doing her thing you know like in and out of the car that car chase scene we're not totally sure what it is but it looks like it's going to be awesome you know there's going to be vans going bigger and smaller and you're going to have ant ant man using like a, a truck bed as like a, a scooter or whether you know like there's just so many inventive things they can do the pez dispenser thing the the salt container that like block the door like, as long as they just keep thinking about it, it's going to have action scenes that aren't like anything else. And I think that's, that's something Marvel's done really well. Like, um, the Russos really cared about this, that Falcon moved differently than Cap. Because if you had wings, you would fight differently than if you don't. And we saw Doctor Strange, like, he got some more traditional strange stuff, like making duplicates of himself and the Crimson Bands of Sidorak and all that kind of stuff. And the idea that Ant-Man has his own style and that there's stuff that Ant-Man can do in a fight that nobody else. It's just, it's so inventive. Like, again, I'll dump on DC because I'm just that guy. Like you watch Justice League and it's like, hey, this guy punches hard and so does this guy and this guy punches hard too. And this guy doesn't punch hard enough. So he runs around in a car with bullets. You know, like I just feel like they're embracing the, uh, the characters power sets in a really good way. At, in the MCU, you know.
1: So, actually, on Ant-Man and the Wasp, they have stunt, co- I mean, I'm sure they always have stunt coordinator and fight coordinator. And the fight coordinator for Ant-Man and the Wasp is Chris Brewster from Daredevil. Daredevil's stunt double. So, when it gets closer to the movie, we might be able to get him on the podcast to talk about
0: That would be awesome! That. Heck yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's a little busy at the moment filming some stuff but um maybe maybe a little bit closer to when the movie comes out um we can get him to come and talk about how they coordinated some of those incredible fights maybe after the movie comes out yeah i'm assuming we'll
0: his stuff is wrapping here at the end of june too right
1: his stuff is wrapping in t- two to three there weeks we hypothetically yeah, hypothetically i'm not saying that because he's told me anything i don't want anybody to think that um his his stuff is filming on my block tomorrow
0: so rihanna is going around going through people's trash popping up like oscar (laughs) the grouch you know hey guys what's up
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) no what's funny um I have a house guest in town that's been staying, I I mean, in total, he's going to be here for about three weeks, visiting from Europe, and he's watched maybe two episodes of Daredevil. And I'm like, okay, tomorrow, you need to walk down the street, and you need to look at this, and look at, just take pictures and send them to me while I'm at work.
0: Oh, is it because you're at work, or is it because they know you by sight now and start chasing you away from set?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's because I'm at work.
0: I did, um, as soon as I saw the trailer, I texted you guys on our our Slack chat thing. Uh, When they used uh, the uh, whole 90s remix of It Takes Two in that Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer, I'm like, we should just start taking bets right now on what the Captain Marvel, you know, 90s song is going to be. Because undoubtedly there will be a pop song from the 90s, probably a female uh, recorded pop song that will be in the middle of that trailer, so...
1: Can I get with no scrubs?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be good. I don't know why. I'm thinking Gloria Estefan. Just, like, a little bit of, like, uh, you know, Cuban drum parts or whatever. And, like, it's, like, her, like, zooming around and flying and shooting stuff or, like, some Top Gun jet action, you know? So. But, uh, yeah, so. That is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Anything else on that before we go on? I mean, it is probably
2: the most perfect palette cleanser after Infinity War, right? The only thing that would be better would be like Guardians 3. But since, yeah, since that's not possible at this moment in time, uh, it'll, be, it'll be good to have something actually, you know, comedic following up i guess something that's not the winter soldier
0: i mean if i was trying to follow up infinity war i think a storyline where earth was devoid of heroes and there was something that happened and suddenly they needed new heroes to appear out of nowhere maybe from the blue side of the moon to come in and save the planet (laughs) that would have been wonderful but that's just me yeah Uh, but no, I think you're right. I think it's even better than guardians because it's going to be earth based, you know, infinity war had so much space and Thanos and all that kind of stuff. I think something that's going to be, uh, really situated in, in a human earthly thing, I think will make a lot of sense. So, uh, I'm excited to see how they, it'll just be really interesting to me. The marketing will be fascinating. Like, how do you market a movie that you know will be a much smaller deal than the two that came before it? And kind of acknowledge that but still get people to be interested. So,
2: Like, we're already braced for, like, the box office failure hot take think pieces, right? Like, we know that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I won't name any names, but I'm, I'm thinking of a website or two that I'm sure will do a, Was Infinity War the end of box office success for Marvel? <laughs> Alright, let's do our reviews. Um I didn't get to see Legion this week, so uh I thought it was really cool the way they did that thing with him and Lenny and yep. Anyways
1: The correct expression was Oh my god, Lenny <laughs> I I think.
2: Yeah.
0: You guys can
1: Adam are we close. You
0: guys can feel free to talk about it. Uh, if no, I didn't
2: catch it either, man.
1: <laughs> uh, we I'm are not... horrible at this. No, I'm just
2: so far behind on that. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> we are horrible at this.
0: Did you see it this week, Rhiannon?
1: Uh, I saw, like, the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's really bad because we said we're going to do the... It's interesting. So totally behind the scenes here. This will be a, a side conversation. When we ch- you know, um, kind of launched off our own, started our own website uh, one of the things we said we'd do is we'd expand and add the X stuff including Legion and the X-Men movies that we wouldn't be MCU only because increasingly there's everything will be MCU pretty soon. Um, it's really hard for us though to get excited about some of these things I feel like. like even something that, like Legion that's good what is it Legion is a better show than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., okay? I'm just going to say it. But I find myself wanting to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. more each week. Do you guys feel that way? Like, what is that about? Yeah, I don't know.
2: Is it commitment? I, I don't know. Because, I mean, I'd take Legion over S.H.I.E.L.D., but I don't find it hard to sit down to watch S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess.
1: And Legion, I think... There's not so much Moment of suspense on Legion Like wherever they left off Last week I don't desperately feel like I need to watch This week and see where it goes and when it's going Because it's going to, no matter where I'm wanting, you know No matter what thread I'm wanting to be tied up It's not going to get tied up this week You know, they're not going to start wherever Last week ended They're not going to There's no linear path By the end of the season, they will wrap everything up. But I think that, like, suspense, like, I must watch this week because I need to know if, you know, if how Coulson and May get out of this situation. Or I need to know how they survive this. Even if they are in a life or death situation in Legion, the next week we're going to go on some tangent about Lenny and the Shadow King. Instead of seeing, you know, how Sid and and David get through their whatever. Um, So, I don't know. I think that's why I don't have the sense of urgency, is that all the tangents. I'd kind of almost rather binge it all at once, so that there's not, like, the long mystery.
0: I think it's also relatively spoiler-proof. Like we've talked on this, like when Adam didn't see it and we talked about it, I'm like, it's not like us talking about it is going to tell you what happened in the episode. You know, like I can literally talk all about the episode and it's not so much of it is just in the visuals that it's almost spoiler proof. Now, I think later on in the season, hopefully there'll come a point where there'll be something that's a spoiler. Like first season, when they revealed that what was going on was actually the Shadow King, that was a spoiler. But Marvel, uh, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the kind of show that I cannot go on the Internet Saturday without like this week. I forgot I was in an airport and it didn't totally spoil it. But there were elements of that episode that got spoiled for me on the Internet, you know, and that's a show that I have to watch before I go on Twitter or else I'm going to know what happened in it. So, yeah, let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then. Um, there goes our Legion fan base, right up the window. <laughs> well, Gosh. based on the numbers, it's not that big of a fan base. Okay. At least our Legion pod was not our, our most listened to, let me put it that way. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Um, we are getting more and more tie-ins to Infinity War. We started to talk about that. Uh, what did you guys think about our introduction to... Uh, full-on Gravitron uh, this week.
1: Heck yeah. Yeah, it was was pretty horrifying. Like, awesome and horrifying.
2: They're almost doing, like, Walking Dead level. I shouldn't even compare it to Walking Dead. But, I mean, they're getting pretty gruesome with the deaths. I mean, he crushed hell into a ball and we saw blood and guts and type of stuff like what the heck
0: yeah my wife i think is not enjoying this quite as much (laughs) she was like oh that's disturbing
2: (laughs) it is
1: i i i'm starting to get anxious like it's 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 one of those where it's a very it's very intense i mean with us They, they, I keep finding some comfort that Ming-Na Wen posts on Twitter and stuff saying that she's on hiatus and not that she's on, you know, like I think they very clearly know they're getting another season um, but I know that they said they filmed this to be like the end of the season and, and so I would not be surprised if there were high high stakes deaths coming and And we're here, and, like, Fitz and Simmons are on shaky ground, and Mac and Yo-Yo are outright, like, unhappy with each other, and Daisy doesn't seem to like anybody. And then we have this mentally unstable guy with all the power in the universe, and I just want a happy place somewhere in this series right now. And Deke comes close, but even poor Deke, like, you know, he just wants some sunshine. And ice cream cones. And he's stuck back in the in the lighthouse. So, I, I yeah, he just needs a Zima. What did they bring? They brought a new reference this week. Um, oh, there was a new, like, cheesy pop culture reference this week that they threw in with Deke. And I was like, oh, my God, they've moved beyond Zima. But I don't remember what it was.
2: They brought the lemons up again. Yeah. Are you thinking of the lemons? Yeah, or? yeah. she was like, some no,
1: creep left a about. dozen <laughs>
0: lemons on my bed. Oh. Yeah, when when she, uh, the line that I hated was, um, when she goes, yeah, I was in love with him, and maybe I still am. I was like, you're the only one in the world. Everybody hates Lincoln.
2: <laughs> I totally forgot about him, and when she brought him up, I'm like, Whoa. He was a character on this show, wasn't Uh, he?
0: Speaking of Lincoln, because my favorite thing to do with this show is to nitpick things that probably aren't fair. Um, They keep talking about making a Quinjet capable of going into space. Didn't they shoot Lincoln and Hive into space on a Quinjet? But I don't
2: think... I mean, they did, but that wasn't space-ready. I mean, I think they just shot that through the atmosphere and just let it carry. You know, I don't think it was meant for space travel. I guess that's my defense. Yeah, Does that make yeah.
1: sense? Like, it went into space, but you couldn't, like, stay up there. Yeah,
2: it wasn't meant for space travel. I mean, I guess anything could go to space if you throw it hard enough, right? <laughs>
0: right. There's a difference, too, I think, between, like, in real life, something that can orbit, like, something that can get up to the stratosphere and kind of orbit around the planet versus something that could, say, travel beyond, you know, Earth's gravitational pull or whatever. So I guess that's what they mean. But that was... That, that, that keeps bothering me. Uh, are you liking the Mac and Yo-Yo tension, or is this a little bit over the top melodrama? Do you think Mac's being reasonable? I guess that's what I'm thinking. Because honestly, I don't find Mac being very reasonable at all.
2: I think he is. I mean, she went. She locked him in a jail cell, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean. I think on a normal scale, a lot of these people would absolutely hate the person they're around. And these relationships are only the slightest bit plausible at this point because they're kind of all trapped together. You know, whether they were trapped together at a certain time or they're trapped together now as a team or they're trapped together in the lighthouse. I think if this was... You know, if they was a little less forced close quarters, Mac and Yo-Yo, I would be rooting for them to be broken up. Just, like, get over with it. There's other people out there.
0: See, I guess the thing that's bothering me. Do you remember the uh, the episode where they showed us Mac and his brother? And his brother was, like, getting recruited by the, um, the anti-inhuman people, the watchdogs. Do you remember this episode at all? vaguely and it's the first time he makes a shotgun axe like he duct tapes an axe to a shotgun anyways the point is the watchdogs come into his brother's house to try to kill his brother what does mac do he tapes an axe to a shotgun and he shoots and he axes a bunch of people to death and why does he do it because he's an agent of shield and guess what shield kills people all the time And so this sudden moral quandary of I don't know if I love you anymore, Yo-Yo, because you killed somebody and I'm special and I would never kill anybody. And I want someone to make a video of Max's death count because I bet you he's killed at least 15 people in the history of the show. And even in this episode, he's getting all over Yo-Yo about killing Ruby. And then what happens the second that May has to stop him from chopping off one of the aliens heads, right? But those don't count as people because they're not human beings, I guess. I just think it's so hypocritical. On this show, S.H.I.E.L.D. has never had like a daredevil like I don't kill rule. The show, they've always killed people. There are so many times that they've knocked somebody off. And for Mac to suddenly be like, that's not who we are. And you need to look at yourself, Fitz, and decide what kind of man you are. You kill people too! Why are you acting so self righteous about this? I don't, it just doesn't make any sense to me, you know? I can see where you're coming from.
2: Yeah. Doesn't he have icer bullets from a shotgun, though? <laughs> Everything's icers. I thought we were just supposed to assume that. <laughs> that they're not killing people, they're just uh, knocking them just out.
0: Icing them. Which
2: doesn't make sense because they'll wake back up and continue doing bad things, I guess?
0: I don't know. It's just it's it's a thing that's been bugging me, and I don't. Maybe I'll go back, and he only knocked out the Watchdogs. Maybe he didn't technically kill them, but it just seems like a man who's running around with a shotgun axe is kind of a bad person to lecture others on violence. That's all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> okay, so let me pose this: Can we talk about the cro- crossover yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you guys prefer? Would you prefer none of them disappearing? Or would you prefer half of them going? Because they've borrowed the strange effects before. And they got some pretty cool space stuff this year. So one would think they could do the dust effects to a certain agent or two, right?
1: Well, they would do it to the not original agents. So Yo-Yo and Mac and Deke would be gone. Coulson and May and Daisy and Fitzsimmons. Would they all survive? I mean or would they would they possibly poof a Fitzsimmons? Maybe. See, so,
2: yeah, I could see I could see Deke going and then they think that they mess the future up somehow.
0: Oh
1: so my God. So then they
2: think one of them die or something. But it's actually the snapping?
1: Oh, that would be fabulous. I mean, I like Deke. I don't want him to poof. But Deke poof- poofs and they think it's because of the future. And that's how I've been referring to it, you guys, is the poof. Um, Deke poofs away and then, like, Fitz also poofs away.
2: See, this just brings up all sorts of... So... Timeline wise, I mean, Infinity War only takes place over like two days, right?
1: Because, like, the whole third
2: act takes place in like an afternoon, right? Because it's light out through Wakanda the whole time. And it goes straight from that big battle to Thanos snapping.
0: I mean, I have questions about why they have to travel the way they do. He gets the Space Stone at the very beginning of the movie. And when he sends the Black Order to go get people, why doesn't he just open a portal and throw them through? You know, like, why do they have to take spaceships to get places? That seemed odd to me.
2: But, I mean, these past two... I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. seems like it's almost like real-time timeline because the past two episodes have taken place in one night, right?
0: Um, yeah, something like that.
2: So, if Thanos had begun an assault on Earth... I mean, he's, the Wakanda battle's happening as we speak, and then the next two episodes are... I mean, they name-drop Thanos, so one would think that we'll get some disintegration of one kind, right?
1: I hope so.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to know more about how everybody knows about Thanos. Like, how do the Kree know about him? I mean, we know they do. I mean, there's a Ronin connection and all that stuff. But I think that would be interesting. I don't know the Intergalactic Council, the Confederation. I don't know how I totally felt about it. I kind of liked the idea, but then it seemed like just throwing people in different color makeup. <laughs> so,
1: so one little thing that some and I don't know why this didn't bother me before, but if Deke is actually the Fitzsimmons' grandchild, I, I mean, obviously, the destroyer of worlds. If it was not Daisy, like, they would know. I mean, at this point, we know the destroyer of worlds is Gravitron. But, like, they would have known that Daisy was innocent. I mean, like, if if all of the world was thinking that it was her, it seems like they would have been like, no, no, we knew Quake. And even though she's no longer our friend and, you know, she has her issues, she didn't destroy the Earth And then in two generations, it seems like that knowledge would have stayed, would have passed down. Did you? So I'm wondering. Did you watch the
0: trailer for the next episode? No. Did you? Does
1: she quake the earth?
0: Did you watch it, Adam? I did not. There's some lines in the trailer that seem to suggest we're headed for a, a, a fake out. That the Gravitron thing has been a red herring and that Daisy really is a problem.
2: Uh okay. so so it keeps it gives us a reason. That'll make me to, happier.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: It'll give us a reason to continue disliking director Johnson. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I did so this is a little thing. I really enjoyed seeing Yo Yo and Daisy fighting because it's it's kinda you know, we talk about sort of um tropes based on gender that certain you know like male characters act a certain way or female characters act another this like um hey i'm in charge hey you know like that kind of a fight that kind of like a leadership struggle get out of my way i don't get along with you fist you know let's punch each other in the face because we can't get along that to me is a very sort of masculine trope and so seeing the female characters in that situation particularly then when it's may who comes and breaks it up. I just think that's really interesting. You know, like I I, very rarely on TV. Do you see two female characters come to blows over the fact they can't get along. And so I just think it's interesting. I think it makes sense for those two characters to be that way and being the two powered people. And you can tell like they're doing that fanboy thing where it's like, who would win in a fight between and you can't, you know, like, Yo-Yo's like, I'm too fast for you, and <laughs> Quake just blows her into a wall, you know? like I, I had a lot of fun with that scene. I thought it was pretty cool.
2: That yeah. that scene did bring up another question. I mean, is there a reason why May's not the acting director? I mean, she's clearly the most qualified outside of Coulson, right? And her maturity level, and I mean, she's the most qualified person to lead that team, right?
0: Yeah, I would think so.
2: It just seems like Cap stepping aside and making Spider-Man the leader of the Avengers instead of, like, Stark or Falcon or Black Widow. Right, you
0: know? or Black Panther or somebody who's ruled a country. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, but instead they just took the young bravado person and threw him in there.
0: Yeah, earlier in the season she had that hurt leg, so there was the idea that she was not at full capacity, but they haven't mentioned that now. and. 6 months so <laughs>
2: yeah but the 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 director's supposed to be an office job yeah, isn't it yeah it's
0: true yeah that doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me so particularly because may is the one who ends up acting like a director most of the time to- like she's the one that comes in and is like yeah, exactly. daisy yeah, knock um, it off this is not the way to run these things you know all right well we'll see we're we're getting close to the end here uh so i'm excited Uh, Well, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, we should be getting renewal news very soon, I would think. So uh, we'll find out where we're headed with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. All right. uh, Our main discussion. We're just going to talk about Infinity War more. So (laughs) we'll try to remember what we talked about some last week (laughs) uh, and go into new stuff. Rhiannon, uh, you weren't with us last week. So you go ahead and start us off. Just tell us. What you thought of it and all that kind of stuff.
1: So, um, I saw it, you know, that very first night before everybody was spoiled. Um, In a Manhattan theater that was obviously sold out and everything. um, I was shocked. I I mean, just skipping straight to the ending, I was shocked. And I loved I mean, like, that's why I I love more than anything, seeing things early on, because you get that whole audience reaction with you. And everybody, you know, at every moment, like their raw reactions, you know, you don't you don't have people that have time to be emotionally prepared. And I legitimately thought there was going to be a riot in this theater when they killed T'Challa. Or when they poofed T'Challa. Um, I mean, when those credits started, there were people that stood up and just started shouting like, Oh, no, they did not just kill the Black Panther. Oh, my God. Like, it was. I I, I mean, I was sitting because, like, I always get, like, middle middle seat. And I started looking, like, how am I going to get out of this theater when people start, like.
0: <laughs> burning stuff and you know, throwing crap and.
1: Like. Yeah, somebody has a gun and just, (laughs) like, I I really seriously, like, was looking for um, escape plans. Now that I think on it, I'm like, a a theater seems like the safest place for a riot because, like, what are they going to do? Like, start climbing on chairs and get over them. I mean, maybe it's <laughs> could be really mad and start like ripping up a chair and throwing it around or something. But...
0: Literally everything is bolted to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like there's
1: baffles, you know, keeping people, you know, there's like these barriers keeping people from just like, I don't know. Um... <laughs> and that's what I was like, please be a post-credit scene. Cause if they really do that thing where there's no post-credit scene, you know, and we had joked about them just going black and saying the end or something I was like, if there's no post-credit scene at all, like, I I feel my life is in danger. Um, But there was. And maybe three people in the theater got it. Um, But, I mean, it was a phenomenal movie. I enjoyed it. I just bought more tickets. Um, it, It... the stuff... I mean, because like I know I was dreading the Spidey on the side of the spacecraft thing because I didn't enjoy Spidey on the side of a jet. But I enjoyed Spidey on the side of the spacecraft. Like, they did it okay. I, I, I was okay with it. Um, I didn't think Star-Lord was at all out of character when he ruined the little plan. I, I thought it was a very emotional response for him. Um... I I just liked everything Um, I think it was well done I've definitely been talking about it With anybody and everybody I apologize to anybody on the streets of New York That Might have gotten spoiled By us leaving the theater
0: So let me jump in on that This is something I meant to talk about last week I never got to The most nervous I have ever been In my life was not when we had our children, it was not before my wedding. It was walking into that movie. All right, because we went to, um, we went to the movie at a movie theater that's in a mall. and I parked my car, and I had you guys know, I, wa- I walked off of the internet. I got so paranoid. I turned Adam and Rhiannon off for like <laughs> for like two days, right? You know, like I was making sure that I'm not getting this spoiled. And we parked the car and I realized. I have to walk through this mall to the theater <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and everybody who's seen it is going to be walking out of the theater. And so I'm walking down the hallway and it's like daredevil and like his radar sense, you know, like I see a kid with a Hulk shirt on and I'm like, <laughs> oh, don't get close to that kid. And then you see other people like, you know, with like black Panther t-shirt and I'm like, I can't get near that guy. He's going to talk about it. And a couple times I thought I heard somebody, I kid you not, I stuck my fingers up and I put them in my ears three or four times just walking through the food court, you know, like um, we chose to go to the bathroom at a bathroom as far from the theater as I could to make sure that I didn't catch like Infinity War talk while I'm peeing, right? <laughs> like it was so nerve wracking. I was like, this is going to get ruined. And, and I mean, ugh. I
1: don't feel what you did was out of line. I mean, because we left the theater and just like, oh, my God, you know, talking about yeah. it out loud. And my friend over the weekend or, or that immediate weekend, I was hanging out with a friend like on Saturday and we were walking around Boston. And that's why I was on the podcast last week. I was in Boston. But and she goes, oh, my God, I I think I just got spoiled for Infinity War. And I was like, oh, oh you know, I'm sure you didn't like whatever you think you heard probably isn't an actual spoiler. Like, and then I was like, so what, what did you think you heard? And she was like, there was a small child going, Oh my God, I can't believe they did it to Spidey too. (laughs) And I was like, oops. Yeah. You know, that's funny. so you were reasonable. I mean,
0: yeah. The only, I did hear somebody in the food court, I heard Thor was so cool. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Thor's now, now I know what they mean, you know, but like, it was, um, it made me want to, it seems so extreme. It makes me want to now sign up for the first screening because I can't worry then that I'll get hit by somebody who's coming out of the screening before mine, you know?
1: I mean, I was joking with her because I was like, oh, I didn't get, you know, like I wasn't able to get tickets for the show I wanted. And they were like, well, how long did you have to wait to see it? And I'm like, all the way until 8 o'clock Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But there was an option for six o'clock, and I missed it.
0: Adam, we had talked a lot about. We never talked about this last week. Uh, Peter Dinklage. So we really thought when those pictures first came out that he was going to be Pip the Troll, and it turns out we were very wrong. Uh, did you like? Did you like what they did with Itri? Did you like just how crazy and weird and out of the out of bounds it was? Like it was just. It seemed very bizarre to me. Yeah,
2: and that that was another time I caught on in one of the later viewings, I didn't know Thanos made him dip his hands into the Yuru metal or whatever. I thought they were just like he cut off his hands and did mechanical hands, but his hands were dipped in like metal. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that's pretty rough. Um, yeah, I didn't mind that part. Any, I mean, Thor killed it. Thor was one of the best parts to the movie, I thought. Um, him and Rocket both. But Yeah, I didn't... That was weird because there was even shots of Dinklage in an airport and he had he had the Pip the Troll haircut on. And that was during filming, so I'm not sure. It, is he playing two roles or I don't... Or did Marvel make him do his hair different to throw it off or what? Because that was like during filming of Avengers 4, so I, I...
0: Wouldn't that be crazy if they just did it to screw with us? Like, you know, like, as, like, all the blogs pop up with, like, oh, he's pipped the troll, Feige's like, man, that's the best 30 bucks I ever spent, (laughs) you know, to, like, get Dinklage's hair done. We've talked a lot about if the MCU is accessible for new people. Do you guys feel like this movie is enjoyable if you've not seen a Marvel movie? Or have we finally hit the point at which... You're going to have to have invested a few hours into this universe before you see this movie.
2: There is no way I could imagine going into that movie without ever seeing another MCU movie. I just can't imagine it would be a good watch. I mean, you'd think Peter Quill was stupid. You know, you'd think, I don't know, there's just way too much going
1: on. I mean, you would. It's made $1 billion in 10 days
0: yeah (laughs) there's
1: gotta be people seeing it that i mean i don't see how it could be making that kind of movie if it was inaccessible to people that have seen all the other films
2: i I don't know i mean you think do you know anyone that's because everyone i've talked to knows what the mcu is i guess i don't know i've i haven't talked to anyone who hadn't seen at least the avengers or guardians or something you know Because I mean, look at look at Rocket and Groot. I mean, Rocket and Groot wouldn't make any sense, you know. Rocket's lying about being the captain now, or Rocket saying under his breath, "I have plenty to lose," and you know, none of that character stuff would be there, you know, especially after Rocket and Yandu's talk and Guardians Two, and
1: I don't know. I just I don't feel like you would need to have all that backstory to know that Rocket is a sarcastic liar. That steals body parts. I mean, you could get to know that from what was in the story. Um, I mean, we all knew Rocket was going to try to take Bucky's arm, right? That was, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that happened, but that was like the most predictable part of the movie. I think it was um, in a
0: uh, Entertainment Weekly. Thing oh, was too. it? Yeah, they mentioned that that Bucky had asked for the arm in Entertainment Weekly, so.
1: Okay. Um. You know, I I mean, I feel like you don't know you know anybody that doesn't isn't deeply involved in everything. Yeah, th- like I feel like most of my theater did not catch that the Red Skull was not just some person there protecting the Soul Stone, but that didn't change all of the emotion in that scene. Um. I don't even see any value of that having been the Red Skull, other than just some little shout out. I, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that adds value. Maybe it's why you've seen it three or four times. But for people that are going to go and see a movie once, enjoy it and leave, I think they did enough to help them feel like they knew what was going on.
2: But like, what? Ha- so say, I mean, what happens if Infinity War was like the first ever MCU movie? You know what happens? Well, if... It can't but, be. No, well, I know no, but, it can't be. Okay, but I just but it wouldn't be. It's just, it's just hard for me to see. I don't. I guess I don't. I mean, there's way too much stuff going on for that to be your first flick.
1: I mean, unless you are climbing out of that little Kimmy Schmidt bunker. Like, totally immune to any pop culture over the past 10 years. Even if you haven't seen those movies, you have an idea about Groot. About Spider-Man. About Captain America. About Iron Man. You know there was a battle. You may not know who Thor is or, you know, why he keeps saying he needs his hammer. But you're going to have an idea.
0: Yeah. I do think we've created a bit of a false dichotomy in the way we talked about this. I don't think the option is someone who's seen zero MCU or someone who has seen every one of these movies several times, right? Like, I think there's some in between, and I think there are, for example, I think there are people that saw Black Panther and then saw Infinity War, and those are the two Marvel movies they've ever seen, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that they're probably were... I think my thing is I, I I'm not worried so much if it makes sense to someone who hasn't watched the other MCU movies. I just wonder if it resonates. Does that make sense like um particularly all the deaths at the end? I think that when you've seen these movies and you know those characters that resonates whereas for this I would just worry that people would walk away like, "Well, that was really dumb all the bad all the good guys died." You know, like um I, that's the part that is, that's, that's off to me. Like if, if people left feeling satisfied, if they've not seen it, cause I think if you're a comic fan, this movie like makes you happy about every one of these things. Um, I just, I wish I knew more. The reality is I don't know people who've seen zero MCU films and I don't know tons of, like, I don't even my friends that make fun of me for watching Marvel movies went to see Black Panther. So it's just reaching this points of ubiquity now where it's almost a question not worth asking. Well, what's, what would it be like for someone who have never seen a Marvel movie? Is there anybody left who hasn't seen a Marvel movie? Maybe not all of them, but is there somebody back who, left who hasn't seen one of these at some point, even on FX on a Friday night or something? You know, like, it seems like the world has been won
2: okay but what so i mean what happens if someone's watched both guardians you know i mean it's hard to give a cr- crap about spider-man
1: yeah but you know who spider-man is because yeah, you, you live on is. planet earth
2: true okay but what about black pa- oh, black Panther's a bad example now but okay falcon <laughs> you know like scarlet
0: but Witch. you don't
1: really need to know falcon to get the emotion of the story
0: But, like, Spider Man, I think, is interesting. You know, he's a high school student. So, you automatically know he's kind of young and inexperienced. You know, you know, the relationship with Stark two minutes in from the way that Stark and Peter talk to each other. You, um, you know, the suit. You know that the suit is this new tech upgrade that he's gotten that he's not used to, right? Just by the way he talks. Like, so I just think there's so much stuff. This is this is what the Russos do really well. I heard somebody else talk about this on a podcast and they're so right. The thing that the Russos do is they condense everything. The Russos can give you 10 seconds of dialogue and catch you up on so much stuff. And I think that this movie does that really well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I think that's really helpful that they can build character with very little dialogue and you know not too many scenes now i do think it's possible you say falcon to me falcon is cannon fodder in the movie because i mean there's no character development he doesn't even speak enough that a new person would know who falcon is or care he's just the guy with wings you know
1: and i think i mean i think there's value in the fact that none of the characters knew each other i mean a lot of the characters were introduced to each other in this movie so with that, they were introducing a lot of them.
0: But Adam, I agree with you that it's not the optimal way to watch the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like coming in totally blind is probably yeah. would not be. I mean, good, it's, so. it's
2: it was made exactly for comic book fans. I mean, if I had to imagine like a comic book event in a movie, it'd be exactly like Infinity War. Why? Why did Thanos wait so long to do his? Infinity Stone quest because once he put his mind to it he got them all lickety-split you know why do you wait six years or however many years from at least the Avengers
0: do we know I've heard a good theory and I have one myself um the theory I heard was um that Odin was the biggest obstacle between him and the Infinity Gauntlet and so he waits till Odin's dead. And the thing I like about that theory is who is the person that comes closest to killing Thanos and stopping him? Thor, using the Odin Force. I mean, we that's not canon. Nobody's called it Odin Force. But that's just, you know, when he gets all lightning, when he gets all that, to me, that's particularly the way Taika shot that with, like, flashbacks to seeing Odin right before he died, I, I take that to be Odin Force, you know? So um, that's one I've heard that I like. The other one that I think of personally is, um, at the end, Thanos says that it cost him everything, right? And so I wonder if he was just trying to do it cheaper ways before. You know, like when he hired the, the Shatari dude to work with, um, Loki and when he's working with Ronan these are all him trying to get the stones without great personal cost and he gets to a point where he realizes this is only going to work if I take care of it myself I can't you know farm this out to somebody else and I think I don't know this will sound weird but I think rich and powerful people do that you know what I'm saying like uh, even with business deals I think they send people out to go handle things for them until it can't be done. And then they come in to make the deal themselves. So that's the way I say,
2: saying it? that's how the uh, Marvel Fox deal went down. No one was getting it done. So Feige says, fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how the Spider-Man deal went, right? I mean, we hear that Feige just finally went to Pascal and said, listen, this is what I want to do. So and
2: then she threw a sandwich in his face.
0: It's true. It's true. Did you have any theories on why Thanos waits, Rhiannon?
1: No, but I've been wondering it, too. Because it's just kind of... Like, oh, okay. Today I'm gonna do this. I've been putting it off long enough. So the Odin thing makes sense. Because it comes right after the end of Ragnarok. Uh, Let me ask you guys this. What
0: do you think... When they uh when they get poofed as a lot as um Rhiannon said, do you think they're gone or is there any possible that they're all like bouncing around in the Soul Stone? Would that be interesting at all to you that if they were like hanging out in the this orange world or whatever?
2: Now that I mean the Russos confirmed that last not the last scene the last scene before the poof. Was in the Soul Stone. Now that they confirmed that, I would guess. I don't think the people that disintegrated were killed; rather, wiped from existence. I think, I would guess they're probably all in the Soul Stone. I don't. I just like that they're getting very comic booky with doing like the. We've dealt with dimensions and stuff with Doctor Strange, though, but now they're trapped in a stone. You know, it's just very comic booky, and they're actually going that far so
0: yeah the movie that first did that for me was uh when Ant-Man goes to the quantum realm right and he goes tinier and tinier and tinier and there's just like a little three minute montage of like him going through like smaller and smaller realms of existence and they're just like geometric patterns and stuff on the screen that was the first time I was like are they doing this in a mainstream Hollywood movie like this yeah, is weird yeah. and bizarre and, like, super high concept, and I love it. But, like, uh, you know, so I agree. Like, that moment, uh, some of the strangest Mystery Tour stuff, and then Inside the Soul Stone. As soon as they did that, I was like, this is so high concept sci-fi. I love it, you know? I thought it was really cool. Uh, Rhiannon, I think we talked... Uh, I don't think we did say this. Who was your... Um, Did you guys have a favorite character? I mean, obviously, there's a ton of characters in this. Did you have somebody who just really stuck out as your favorite in this movie?
1: I mean, this was a Thor movie. You barely have Captain America. He barely showed up. Tony Stark had a good... I mean, he he, he was being Tony Stark. Um... But Thor just killed it. So definitely Thor. Maybe Gamora. She she was pretty awesome too.
2: Those were my top two choices. I had Gamora than Thor, but those were they were so good. I mean plus Thanos. I mean Brolin killed it. I mean it was a Thanos movie. Oh he did kill it, yeah, he killed it all.
0: Do you think there's a chance uh we talked at Guardians 2. Everybody talked about how oh all the characters had a great story in Guardians 2. And we said did Gamora really have a story arc? Do you feel like um it's possible that James Gunn held back on Gamora stuff because he knew how much they were going to use her in Infinity War? Like do you think those are related or or not?
2: Yeah, that that's a good question. I don't think I mean, because Gamora in the comic book, she's the deadliest woman in the universe, and we haven't really gotten that. I mean, there was a point in Infinity War where Thanos literally called her the the fiercest woman in the universe. So that was kind of the comic book nod, but between Guardians 2, I mean, she hasn't really had... We haven't seen that. We haven't seen her be the assassin she was created at, I guess. I mean, in the Guardians movie, she... They kind of play too heavily on the love interest stuff between her and Quill, um, so I don't know. I hope she's not dead, dead though, because that'd be. But after seeing how, how Saldana killed it in Infinity War, that'd be that'd be a bummer.
0: Uh, my favorite was Strange. I just thought Doctor Strange was so good in this movie, and I did not expect him to be such a big role. And I think. Um, I think it's unfair because I think Derrickson had some handcuffs on him or at least he chose to, to like, like his, the first Dr. Strange movie was about this guy who doesn't know magic and how he comes to know it, but seeing him with like a more full array of powers makes me want to see a Dr. Strange movie so bad, you know, like I'm, I am ready for that sequel. So, uh, I had a lot of, a lot of fun with that. The one thing I thought was interesting and I didn't even realize it till like a, five days after I watched the movie. So the criticism of Age of Ultron was that there was an army of faceless robots in the same way that the, the time before there was an army of aliens. and it's like, is every Avengers movie just going to be the Avengers versus alien of dispo you know an army of disposable warriors? They did it again. They did it for a third time in a third Avengers movie. And they totally got away with it. You know, like, I watched it and I loved it. And the Outriders were fine. And I never once thought to myself, oh, geez, they're doing the same thing that they've done in every one of these movies. Um, Did you guys notice it as you watched it? Or did, uh, did they get away with it for you, too?
1: No, it totally felt... Well, I mean, in, in my rewatch preparing for this, I only watched Avengers. So I was just like, oh, it's the Chitauri attack again. It, it's the exact same creatures, right? And um, so I noticed, but like the stakes made it different.
2: I don't, the, the Outriders really didn't play that big of a role. I guess you know i mean it was it was awesome to watch and stuff but outside of that i'm just i don't know i guess it i didn't have the same thoughts you did caleb i guess i didn't pay too much attention to that but now it has me thinking i mean if look at all the ships that were flying around sanctuary Two, why didn't he just send them all because i saw some of those Sicarian ships, like that Nebula crashed into Titan, those were flying around there. And then you had Chitauri, uh torturing Nebula. Why did he decide to choose the space dogs and not the whole thing? And in Avengers, did we see the Chitari worms that were flying around? Did we see them have lasers? Because in the flashback with Gamora, they were flying over Gamora's plant shooting lasers out of the side. And that seemed new to me.
0: Yeah, maybe. So then I I got upset about
2: the Avengers because I don't recall the space worm shooting people in New York City. One question. If you could wield one Infinity Stone, what would it be?
0: I feel like the Time Stone is the... I don't know. To me, it's the the really helpful one. Because you saw in that movie, you can totally fail... And then you're just like, rewind, do it again. You know,
1: I like the reality one, though, because you can just make it whatever like you don't fail. Because you can just change how things are.
0: It is fascinating that the reality stone is so different from Thor, the dark world. Like it was a nondescript power back then. And this movie, it's totally like I like what they did. It's far better. But it just shows you how not clued in they were during the War of the Dark World about what they were doing.
2: And apparently Thanos has a strong fascination of bubbles. Because <laughs> he changed things into bubbles more than once.
0: This is stupid. I was about to say, do other planets have bubbles? Like, it seems like it might be a very human-specific child thing, you but know? they looked like... like
2: human bubbles. They weren't like green, like, noxious gas bubbles or anything.
0: Right, yeah, they looked exactly like what a kid plays with. So Now, I I was thinking, talking about the Time Stone, you remember how um, there's this idea in Doctor Strange that there's always a price, and there's a danger in playing with time, and using the Time Stone is inherently a risky thing to do, and the price comes due eventually? I'd be fascinated to see if that picks up again. Because, you know, Thanos has to use the Time Stone to get the Mind Stone. And if there was some kind of... You know, if that's part of what Strange knew in that simulation, was that I'll give him the Time Stone because he will use it and he will not realize the cost of using it.
2: Well, I mean, they did pick up a bunch of the little details, like Strange tried throwing Thanos in the mirror dimension. And then when Thanos fought back, like we saw Strange's astral form for the slightest of second.
0: Oh, really? That's in the fight scene? I just, I mean, it's so much. I've got to see it again. But there's a there's a time where he tries to throw him in the yeah, mirror dimension. So, yeah, that's so cool. he tries to throw
2: him in the mirror dimension. Then Thanos blows it away with a power stone. And then the scene where Strange is uh, does his octopus arm things and creates his multiple, okay. that's when the astral form comes out.
0: Oh, yeah, I did see. Yeah, it's unique.
2: If you paid attention to Thanos, you could tell
0: which stone he's
2: using. It lights up. It's just incredible detail.
0: I really loved. So (laughs) I thought we were done. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that I really loved is that they really balanced well the omnipotence versus defeatability thing. Because one of my problems with Thanos in the comics has always been. That when you get that much power, your, your good guys can't win. It can't work. And I loved in this movie, there was a sense that he was kind of using them one at a time. And then there was that sense that he actually has to like close his hand, like make a fist in order to use it. And if they could just wrap up his fist that he'd lose the, the, like the use of it. And I, I just loved the idea that he was actually a villain that I felt like they might be able to defeat. Uh, if Star-Lord wasn't an idiot. You know, like, that was kind of encouraging and interesting to me. Because um, I think it would have been really boring if he was just totally omnipotent, you know?
2: So you're an anti-Star-Lord guy? I don't want to get into that argument because that would go on way too long. I'm Team
0: Quill all the way, man. But you have... a th- He could have brought her back to life. If you let him pull off the Infinity Gauntlet, he could have used the Gauntlet to bring her back. He did what he had to do for them to win that's true that and again i think i said this last week the doctor strange thing is a perfect plot hole proofing no matter what plot hole you bring up you're like well why did they do this the response is because that wasn't the simulation that worked and uh, i think that's brilliant i think marcus and mefili covered their butts with that one um, mailbag time, uh, we have a few things that went back to some previous weeks as well. Uh, last week's podcast on Soundhound, Germ and Mart Nez uh, was talking about, uh, Namor and how he'd love to see Namor as a straight up villain in the MCU. Uh, and that that would be a, bringing him in for Fantastic Four would be awesome. Uh, and also he was saying that if they use Namor as a villain, that that could, um, Make it a unique Fantastic Four film, so it didn't um, start with Doom, and that it also could distance Namor from Aquaman a bit because he'd be a bad guy instead of the the good guy. So uh, I thought that was interesting. If we do get MCU Fantastic Four, um, Doom is a longer play, right? I don't think you relaunch this franchise for the third time with the same villain for three times in a row. You feel that way too?
2: Doom's almost the guy they'll have to build up like Thanos. Maybe not as much, but if they do Fantastic Four and it's just them versing Doom, I think that'll be a waste.
0: Uh, Chris, from two weeks ago, I uh, didn't get to the comments uh, for our mailbag last week, uh, just said that I should we should give Daisy some slack that uh, she's trying to be the best leader she can be and she's just, you know, she's trying to make S.H.I.E.L.D. a little better place and she was trying to do the Ruby thing right and she's annoyed at Yo-Yo. So give her a break. Um, uh, all right. For, this is from YouTube. Somebody called the Marvel Mystic. Got a question for you guys. You could take one Marvel character to prom. Who would you take to prom?
1: We would be chaperones, right? <laughs> that was
0: my first thought. I ain't taking nobody to prom because I, that's kind of weird. So. Yeah. But I think, I guess the way it would be asked is if you and the character were both teenagers.
1: Oh. oh.
0: We'll put it that way to make ourselves feel less skeeved out by the question. The
1: teenage character? Or if they were like they are now as a teenager?
0: Go ahead and go with whatever sounds good to you.
2: Black Widow or Gamora?
1: I don't...
0: Adam likes his prom dates to be assassins, apparently. I do, yeah, we
2: might as well. I'm just trying to
1: I mean I'm just thinking depending on where your prom is, you walk in with a green woman, you're gonna get looks, man.
2: Especially in northwest Iowa, yeah. let me tell you what. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you. <laughs> Steve Rogers. Come on, guys.
2: I figured you were gonna choose Danny Rand.
0: <laughs> I thought she was gonna pick Charlie Cox, so
1: <laughs> I would I would not turn either of them down. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the best prom night. Yeah. Yeah, like hold the doors open. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you would be very polite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's just a Marvel character, I don't want to say MCU because I hate MCU's Med- <laughs> I don't want to think about Inhumans as a TV show. But Medusa is generally my favorite uh, Marvel female character, so I would have to say Medusa. Alright, um, last thing, uh, Dave was on the website and said, uh, was wondering about, um, and I had not thought about this, if the poofing is counting for the villains as well, surely it is, um, is it possible that Dormammu has been taken out of existence? He mentioned some others like Galactus and other like major entities, but... I mean, Dormammu, Abomination, Vulture. Um... I'm
1: more worried about the
2: dogs. Yeah, where does I mean, where does where does it end? Because the trees didn't die or go away. Yeah. You know, I mean, w- what stops? Are animals not affected by it? Are those people? Are the puppies
1: okay?
0: <laughs> Thanos kills puppies. <laughs> I
2: mean, I think the one. Person you mentioned that's safe from theirs Dormammu, right? Because he's totally in a separate reality, right? He isn't in their universe, correct?
0: This is where it's uh, dement- Yes, defining terms would be helpful. Did he do it in our universe? Does that include other dimensions? All that kind of stuff. I do think it's interesting. If there is, I talked about last week. How I feel like there need to be stakes that if somebody comes back, they need to be actually. Um, Like, if somebody comes back, there needs to have been a cost to the heroes. And so I do like the idea that um, what if a future villain is responding to being blinked out of existence, right? Like the motivation for a Marvel villain down the road is I had to become this powerful because you guys didn't protect me and I had to go through the hell that was being poofed out of existence, you know? I think that is an interesting road that we could go down, so... All right. Uh, I think that does it. That's all of our mailbag. That's all of our stuff. Um, we are, uh, I think, I'm guessing, so Deadpool 2 is in two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think next week we'll probably, I purposefully avoided the what's next, what's Avengers 4 going to look like, where are we headed conversation. So we'll probably do that next week as our main combo and then Deadpool 2 in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. You can send us a message on Twitter via at Marvel News You can communicate with us on our SoundCloud or MarvelNewsDesk.com posts each week. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash Marvel You'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode that's available only to Patreon supporters, as well as early access to a bunch of our videos like the Road to Infinity War Supercut. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. That would be a big help to us right now. We continue to try to build our subscriber base there. Uh, you can help the show be more visible to others if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. But the number one thing you do every week is you listen and you tell your friends and we're so thankful for that. Uh, we want to say thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim And thanks to Alvin for the theme music. You can find him across a variety of social media platforms at the school school. All right. I think, oh, um, I was going to say we are thinking about changing who we host with from SoundCloud to something else. Um, so we are going to try to do that in a way that pause, causes zero problems for you, the listener. And if something goes weird in the next week or two, that's probably what it is. So <laughs> we're going to try to do that well, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, thanks for listening guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye.